Hi, my name is Nathan Fung, and I'm the staff reporter with the Gateway Student Journalism Society. Um, today, I'm here with Janae Jahangrier. Um, Janae teaches economics at both the, United, the U of A and McEwen. Um, he also writes about Islam and is active on the issue of queer Muslims. Uh, last month, he helped organize a conference at McEwen called Allah Loves Us All regarding the issue, and he joins me now at the studio. Um, hi, thanks for your time. Oh, thank you, Nathan. Um, so, um, why did you organize the conference? Let's start with that. The conference, I mean, the main reason behind the conference is that we wanted to create awareness on this issue in Edmonton. Because right now what is happening in Edmonton is we have ex we are experiencing a freezing silence from the Orthodox Muslim community. And by orthodox, I do not mean a small segment. By orthodox, I mean all across the board spectrum orthodox, right? And unfortunately, progressive voices are far and few in between. And on this particular issue, they are quite subdued. There is no voice out there in Edmonton on this issue. Even in the biggest cities in Canada, say Toronto or Vancouver or Ottawa, I mean, there are some activists out there and they're doing a commendable job. But once again, what ends up happening in Canadian cities is we end up creating ghettos. So there's no, say for instance in Edmonton, you've got the Temple Beth Hora or Temple Beth Shalom, which are the conservative and uh, the uh, reform synagogues in Edmonton. Over there, LGBTQ Jewish people are openly accepted and embraced. We have no such space like that for Muslims, even for Christians. You have many multiple united uh, churches out there. You have many, many, many other denominations who are welcoming to some extent or another. But in terms of the uh, the Muslim community, there is none. So that that is why we wanted to have this conference, to broach this subject, to create some awareness, and to invite the conservative elements of the Muslim community to come and have a dialogue. Okay. Um, what were your goals for the conference, or if you could go into them a little bit more? See, my main goal with the conference was, and this is how I had structured the entire schedule of the conference. I had uh, two speakers on Friday. I had two speakers on Saturday. and But I had actually allotted one full hour for Q&A from the public. Now, in any conference that you go to, usually what ends up happening is the speaker speaks for about 45, 50 minutes, and you hardly get five to 10 minutes for Q&A. I actually allotted one full hour on the side so that the public members could actively engage with the speakers, one. Secondly, I had informed the speakers that none of them would be speaking more than 40 minutes. That was a cap, which meant that for each individual session, I had placed about 20 minutes each for Q&A. So that was my goal. My goal was to get people involved, get people engaged, because I do understand that this is a very sensitive topic in orthodox circles. And so I wanted to have a genuine dialogue on this issue so that, you know, at the end of the day, even if the conservative members of the Muslim community go away with, you know, not having changed their opinions on the issue, at least that would soften their attitudes towards LGBTQ Muslims and start thinking about creating spaces in their respective 
respective spheres of influence. So, for instance, I'll give you one example. At the Al-Rashid Mosque, for example, on the north side, or any other mosque in Edmonton for that matter, perhaps that would uh, have encouraged the imams to give a sermon on let's not pick on our LGBTQ brothers and sisters, let's create space. And if somebody wants to pray with us, there should be no problem, there should be no uh, harassing of those people, etc. At schools, for that matter, if we have Muslim population, perhaps they could have had a GSA, a Gay Straight Alliance at the Edmonton Islamic Academy. So, you know, you don't necessarily have to agree with everybody on 100% on all the issues, but as long as you, you know, accept the other person's humanity and create space for that, that is what I was hoping to achieve. Did you feel you were able to achieve that dialogue with the conference? No, there was no such dialogue that happened. All that happened was we had the community, we had the church groups, we had the Jewish synagogues behind us, we had progressive members of the Muslim community, you know, on an individual basis, not in an institutional capacity. We had them on an individual basis, personal basis, who actually showed up. But you see, these individual basis they do not lead us anywhere unless we have some institutional support behind that. So we do not, we will not see anytime, any soon, a statement made by any of the more progressive groups in Edmonton on this particular issue. So no such conversation did take place. However, having said that, I would still say that the conference has been a success. It has been a success because it has reached to those people who actually needed that space, who actually wanted to see Imam Dai Abdullah, Dr. Scott Kugel, Dr. Hussein Abdul Latif, who were the principal speakers there. They met them. They shared with them their concerns. They had a prayer. And of course, um, uh, there was actually some people who came there who were really genuinely in need. And just to reach out to that one couple, I feel that the conference was a huge success. Why is it important to reach out to queer Muslims? And um, just to illustrate, why is this conference important? This conference is very important in the sense because right now as it happens, queer Muslims feel that they are torn between their spirituality and their sexuality. What is that? I'll lay it out in front of you. What that basically means is that if you decide to be a good Muslim, then that means you have to divorce your personal sexual life out of it. Okay? Now, of course, if you are an 18-year-old kid, you know, doesn't really matter because, again, in Islam, you do not establish sexual relationships until after marriage. But, you know, time passes by. When you're 18, or you're 19, you're 20, you, you know, you have hardcore opinions, generally speaking. I've noticed that amongst the Muslim Student Association students, very rigid opinions. They view the world as black and white. But as you grow older, you try, you recognize that there are shades of grey. You recognize nuances. You no longer take clear-cut positions on issues. You say, well, there is an element of truth here, there's an element of truth there. And so those people who basically whether whether or not they identify as queer or as LGBT or even if they don't identify as any of these categories but they, they still are the same entity that these words actually capture. I mean con con constitutional attraction to member of the same gender for, if that be the uh, definition here without any West-centric labels out here then Essentially, what ends up happening is they end up withdrawing into isolation. They have no community base. You know, I know a 40-year-old man in Calgary 
who essentially is still without community. He has no place to go and he feels very isolated in that place. He's 40 years old. Then there are other people who actually end up getting married. They go through the motions of a sham marriage. So outside in the public, they will show one face. So they would basically show that they're married, they go to Friday prayers, but then they have a dual life. Then they have a secret life in which they seek sexual encounters on the side with members of the same gender. And that leads to hypocrisy. So either you end up living in that uh, existence full of lies or you end up in, in a life with immense isolation. And that is what we are trying to showcase, showcase over here and that's what we're trying to reject. We're trying to say you, you, know, you, you don't have to be that way. On the other side of the spectrum, then you have people who actually reject their whole spirituality and they end up in the queer subculture. But you see, as they grow older, you know, if you have not dealt with your spirituality, it comes and haunts you later in life, as you near your death, as you approach, uh, you know, other challenges in life. I mean, there have been people who have left Islam only later on to rediscover it. Because again, how should I put it? Pe religion is not just about, you know, a moral code. It is also about a sense of belonging to a specific culture. You grow up in that culture, you eat similar food, you share the same festivals. So these are all social aspects of religion. And so those people who actually go and, and you know, end up into, how should I play, put this now, a more West-centric lifestyle, suddenly later on they realize that perhaps there is some part of their ethnicity, there is some part of their, uh, you know, spiritual aspect, which they are tremendously missing. And that leads to some uh, disturbance later in life and, you know, it leads to psychological issues. So on both these, you know, sides, you know, we need to actually show up there through this conference that, you know, you can actually be both. You don't have to divorce your spirituality and sexuality from your existence. You can have both and you can affirm both. Okay. Um, and what has been the response to your conference so far? The response to the conference has been exactly what we had expected, cold, freezing silence. Absolutely zero response from any of the institutional groups we invited. And mind you, we invited them twice. I had my students who were organizing the, uh, the conference and I specifically suggested that they send an invitation seek an RSVP because we had to order food as well and we wanted to make sure that you know there was enough food available for people. There was no response to that, not even a no, not even a refusal. So we were not given any response. And I told my students, invite them again. So we pinpointed all these groups, whether it's the Al-Rashid Mosque or the Edmonton Islamic Academy, or whether it is the Alberta Muslim Public Affairs Council, AMPAC, whether it is the Edmonton Council of Muslim Communities, ECMC, or whether it was the Edmund, the... Uh, Muslim, Council, Muslim Council of uh, something like MCLC. It, it's the liaison committee with the Edmonton Police Service. Muslim Communities Liaison Committee. None of them responded. And um, that was the response from these guys. I mean, for them it was it. This was it. For them, they, they, they I think in somehow they feel that if they remain quiet, the issue is going to slide away and they don't have to deal with it. But who are we kidding over here? The lives of their own children are at stake. And you see, this is the issue here. Unless you, fa unless you experience this issue on your own, unless it comes down to your own family, you don't really care about this issue. And that's the issue over here.